Glow. Glow. We, we've been in, in this series, Pastor Ron was here last week and for our anniversary, and, and, and I was thinking about, um, you know, coming behind that, and, and I began to think about what would I have preached on had I been preaching last week at our anniversary? Like, what, what was, uh, Dan, is that good? Because you are chomping down on that thing, man. <laughs> Going to work. Um, I got to do this quick, because most men, after they have a sausage biscuit, are like... And, and, um, and we, we've, I tell the story every week we've done this. We're not going to show the video again. But how many of you chase lightning bugs as kids? Okay, I did too. And so we'd catch them and put them in a jar. And, and um, me and my cousin, staying at my grandparents' house, which was really dark and scary because I was from the city, we would catch enough and we would sit them by our bedside so that if we woke up, there was a little glow. It wasn't, it wasn't a light, but there was a glow, right? So I went and caught some. They're on-demand lightning bugs. You see that? Watch this. Go to sleep. Wake up. Wake up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Anyway, don't focus on that. Okay, all you ADD people. I'm, gonna put this I'm the first in that line. But, but we, we looked at the scripture in, in Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world, and the city on the hill cannot be hidden. So in other words, we are the light of the world. We're, we are the light of the world. We, we are the directional beacon. We are the lighthouse. We are the place that people are looking to for direction, for help, for uh, answers. That's what the church is about. And that's what we're about. And, and so... I wanted, to, it, I wanted to talk to you just for a moment about what I believe the DNA of our church is and what I believe it should continue being, and that's glowing as a house of grace. Now, a lot of, you hear a lot of teachings these days on grace, and a lot of them go overboard because they discount some of the things that are in the Bible, Right? We're never going to move away from the truths of this Bible. Just like John was saying, this word is God-breathed. Okay? It, it, it is, everything in this book is true. It's absolutely true. And if, if we have a brother or sister that is uh, in a lifestyle that's counter to this book, it's our responsibility to teach them that's not right. It's not our responsibility to judge them. Or yell at them. Right? And I'm, I'm talking, when I say, when I say I'm, I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about people who don't know Jesus. And so, I want to talk just for a moment about what I feel like the DNA of this church is, and hopefully will continue to be, is glowing as a house of grace. Everybody say that word with me, grace. Grace. Think about safety. Think about love. Think about warmth. Think about welcoming. And the, the, the opposite of those would be rejection, hate, yelling, opinions. See, this, this book is not full of opinions. It's full of truth. And if you stick to this book, you don't have to have opinions. You can just have truth. Right? So here, See, the biscuits are already taking effect. I can tell, man. <laughs> so, so let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. 
And, and let's just look for a moment at, at what we can learn from this passage as far as glowing as a house of grace. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. Oh, it's beautiful. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Wow. That's a, a lot, and we're going we're gonna to move through that. Uh, here we go. Number one. Glowing is a house of grace. A house of grace makes it clear we all need grace. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Every day. Right? Amen. You, ever, you ever woke up and, and been on the way to work and thought, I'm just going to keep on driving? <laughs> I am just going. I'm. I'm just. I'm going to keep. I'm going to go south. I'm just going to go until I can't drive anymore. They can have it all. We all need grace, but but more than that, we we need grace in the in the sense of salvation. And, and watch this, Ephesians two one two three. We just read it. As for you, say as for me. As for me. I was dead. In my transgressions and sin. Go to verse 2. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the rule of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature objects of wrath. Go back to verse 1. We all need grace. A house of grace makes it clear that we all need grace. We were all dead in our sin. Where did the church, where did we begin to be perfect? Right? I mean, you, you, can, you can really walk with God for a while and begin to think you're better than other people. You can. And, and, and what I, I think is in the DNA of our church and what needs to continue to be in the DNA of our church is, hey, we all need grace. Every last one of us. Every, we all need grace. I, I was thinking about my, my grandmother as I was driving to church this morning. And um, she, we celebrated Dylan's uh, graduation yesterday. And, and uh, there were some pictures of her up. Uh, my wife's such a cool wife and mom. She had pictures everywhere of, of Dylan. And um, there was some of my grandmother. And I grew up thinking she was perfect. Right? And she would wash my mouth out with soap. For, do, for doing nothing. <laughs> nothing. 
when? I was doing nothing. She had ultra ears, man. She just, she could hear you. And, and so I, I can, I, yeah, but I, I can remember thinking she was perfect. But, but I've shared this with you before. Um, I'll call her sometimes, and, I, and she's 91, 91. And I'll say, Grandma, how you doing? Oh, God's working on me. <laughs> what else does he have to do with you? <laughs> and she said, you know what? I just prayed last night for his, I need his grace. I'm like, man, I need to be praying that too then. Because <laughs> if, if you need it, I'm in bad shape right now. But, but I, I think to, to project to the world that, that we're, none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. We're dead in our transgressions. Go to verse, verse 3, Kim. All of us also lived among them at one time. That's so important to remember. It's so important. And why is it important? It's important because we cannot create a bubble. We cannot create a bubble where inside the bubble is Christian land. Right? Oh! Yay! Right? I mean, I mean we, we have to continue to remind ourselves every day that our walk with the Lord is dependent on a relationship with Jesus Christ, staying in the Word, having a quiet time, and remembering it wasn't that long ago in God's sight that we were lost, we were estranged, we didn't know which way to go, we were confused. you remember those days? And so for the world to see Coastline Community Church as perfect just repels the world. It's like mosquito repellent. It's like, it's like sinner repellent. When in fact, we're all sinners. Are you, are you, you getting that? And we, we, we have to remember that. And we have to hold fast to that. that. That all of us also lived among them at one time. Doing whatever, we, basically sin, doing whatever we wanted to do. Gratifying our flesh. And so, so in God's eyes, we're all His children. And, and the Space Coast needs to see a church that says, you know what? This is a house of grace. And we're, we're no different than you are. We're just, we've just made a decision to follow Christ. Number, number two. A house of grace portrays a God that is rich in mercy. But, it says, after talking about, after talking about how we were, we were just like the world, you get this but. But, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. <laughs> How many of you would love to be rich? It's just too much trouble. <laughs> it's too much to deal with. And some of you are going, I just, let me try. <laughs> let me, just let me, give me a month. Just give me a month. Let's see what I can do with that. But, but, but think about that word rich. And let's think about it just for a second in reference to what our world views as rich. An abundance. No lack. Never worried about financial things. Anytime the phone would ring from a friend, we would just reach into that bank account and say, here, have this. We would, we would, there's, so think about that word rich in, in reference to the way that our world thinks about it. 
I've mentioned this, I think I did, in, in one of the services a couple weeks ago. I, I just got through uh, reading the, the, the book, The Ultimate Gift. And if you've never read, read that, get it and read it. Especially if you have, you have kids. Even if you don't have grandkids. Read, read the book. It's a great read. But, but this, this whole, the, the, the premise of this book is this rich, rich, rich man who had given his whole family everything they wanted their whole life. And he basically wrecked their life. Because they never learned to work for anything. They, everything they had was, was just given to them. Well, that's worldly richness. Right? Well, here is what we're saying. In, in Ephesians 2.4, it's talking about a God who is rich. But it uses the word mercy. So we're a house of grace. Grace meaning getting what we don't deserve. Mercy meaning not getting what we do deserve. You get that? Mercy meaning, oh, I messed up. I blew it again. You ever been there? I blew it again. And again and again and again. I, it, I blew it again. A God who is rich in mercy. There's no lack of abundance in God's mercy. So Paul's saying right here, do you, are you getting that? There's a, does, does that give us a um, get out of hell free card and say, go do whatever you want to, and then when you wake up, wherever you wake up, with whoever you wake up with, just say, God, I'm sorry. No, you can't. You can't. He, Paul talks about that in Romans. No, it doesn't give us a license to sin. When we do mess up, is there a way to be forgiven? Absolutely but not, not a habitual, this is not talking about a habitual lifestyle and sin. It's talking about a God who is so rich in mercy that He sent His only Son so that we could be saved, so that we could be disciples of Christ and act like Christ. Right? That's, I mean, that's what He's talking about. Rich in mercy! There's no If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God is rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. You can't, you can't go too far and you can't stay too long. God's always there. David said, where can I go to get away from you? Could I go up to the heavens? Could I go to the depths of the earth? Wherever I go, there you are. And there your mercy is. Number three. A house of grace gives opportunity for salvation. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 Coming off the last verse, says, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Go back, go back to the point. A house of grace gives opportunity for salvation. I don't want any of you ever to come up to me again and say, why do you ask people if they need to be saved every week? The spirit of slap is going to come up on me. <laughs> Scott, that's why we turn the lights on, isn't it? I mean, that, that's why we're here. I mean... Listen, you can get discipled in the marriage ministry. You can get discipled in small groups. You can get discipled by getting in a book club with somebody. You can get discipled. There's many ways in this church to get discipled. And you can catch a little snippet of getting discipled on Sunday morning. But overall, a house of grace gives opportunity for salvation. 
every time they meet together. Every time. Every time. How how many people have been saved this year? Over 200 people have been saved in this place this year. But you got to ask them. Right? I mean, seriously, I have people come up saying, you know, it makes, I brought somebody, it makes me uncomfortable that you ask that every week. <laughs> could, could you say that again? Because I, 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 I didn't get that. See, we, we have to hold fast to the idea that not only were we just like the world at one time, but Christ has made us alive and we're saved by grace. We're not saved because we did anything good. We'll get to that in a minute. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We're saved getting what we don't, we don't deserve that. But God said, I love you so much. I'm going to make a way where you do. And, and his name is Jesus. And praise the Lord that we can stand here today and say, you know what? If you need a fresh start, if you need salvation, if you want to spend eternity in heaven, you can accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because the Bible says no one comes to the Father except through the Son. And so, so if you're here today, and remember, I'm just speaking into the DNA of the church. If you're here today, we will never, ever, ever turn the lights on in this building, whether it be a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or a concert or anything else where we don't, at the end of that, say, hey, if you don't know Jesus, you can know Jesus. Amen. Number four, glowing is a house of grace. A house of grace shows the kindness of Christ. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Let's, let's break that down for a second. We, we, we just got through talking about being dead in our transgressions, being dead, and then this idea of God being rich in mercy, and then we come all the way to the place where it says, in order, in order that in the coming ages, in, in our, the coming ages. So when was this written? Long time ago. <laughs> so we're in the coming ages, and they're, they're, they're the, the coming ages when we meet Christ face, face to face, but, but in the coming ages... So we might show the incomparable riches of His grace. That's your testimony. That's your testimony. That's how God found you. That's how He he sought you out. That's how He chased you down. That's how He picked you up by the miry clay and put you on a rock to stay. That's how He ran ran you down. That's how the Holy Spirit kept kept knocking on the door of your heart. Expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We, we talk about the passion of Christ. We talk about the sacrifice of Christ. We talk about the resurrection of Christ, the coming of Christ. And all that embodies the kindness of Jesus Christ. All that. And here's a, here's a great thought. When's the last time the world heard about the kindness of Jesus? He was so kind, except with religious people. He was very kind with them. 
But he, he was so kind, never wavering from the truth, never, never forfeiting his values, never ever being someone he wasn't, but kind. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. You remember that? Was there a song in Sunday school? Can anybody sing it? We little man was he. Yeah. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. But I remember that now. Flashback. But, but think about this. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God's kindness is shown to us in Christ Jesus. And then Jesus comes to the earth and shows nothing but kindness to us. And still today, open door, kindness. You know, I think that what God would speak to us today as Coastline Community is that door is open to anyone and I'll give my seat up for anyone. And the only way that we can do that as a church and be who God's called us to be is every single one of us, leadership down, have to be spending time in the Word and have to be spending time with God. Right? Because you, 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 can't, you can't just say, oh, everything's okay. But you can say, we love you. Come here and sit with me. I've never met you before. And you got to be careful with that because Rain and I have learned not to do that because we'll say that to people. Oh, we've been coming here for like 10 months. <laughs> Sorry. So what we say is, nice to see you. <laughs> but but do, you, do you hear the heart of that? A house of grace, a house of grace shows the kindness of Christ. And so this church will always welcome anyone who wants to walk in the doors. It's not going to condone certain things that go on in your... None of us are perfect, and, and we're going to preach the truth, but it's up to the Holy Spirit to convict. It's up to us, and it's up to us to stay in the Word so that we don't get off on some crazy, wild road somewhere. You hear me? Yeah, I've, been, I've seen it. It's terrible. Stay, and, and, and that's just not up to the pastor and the leadership. That's, that's up to you. It's your responsibility. You know what? People say all the time, well, Jason, isn't it your job to get people saved and disciple people? I'm like, no, my job is to provoke you. That's what the Bible says. My job is to provoke you to good works. And so we have, if we're going to be a house of grace, we have to be people that can show the kindness of Christ, the kindness of Christ, and I know I've used this illustration before. The kindness of Christ. What does the kindness of Christ look like at an abortion clinic? Do we support abortion? Absolutely not. I don't think the church is getting anywhere by making signs and throwing stuff at people. There's a better way. You know? What about just pray, going praying? Putting your arm around a young lady who doesn't know which way to go and say, hey, there's people out there that can help you. Come here. Come here. Let, let me love on you. That's what Jesus would have done, isn't it? 
that's exactly what he would have done. Come here. Let's, there's a, and so I, I think that the world needs to see a house of grace. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. But a city on a hill, if you're lost, is a refuge. I've said this the last couple weeks before Ron was here. A city on a hill doesn't blind you. Right? It's not blinding. No, it's welcoming. It's warmth. It's safe. It's a house of grace. It's being in the deserts, being in the wilderness and not knowing which way to go and all of a sudden you see a city on a hill and you're like, oh, I can, I, I'm going to be okay. I can get there. So this, this whole idea of being a house of grace has to come down at some point to kindness. And God showed us His kindness by sending us Jesus Christ. Last, last thing, number five. A house of grace is more concerned with God's will than themselves. Everybody say, mmm. Or I could say the house of grace is more concerned with God's will than their ministry. Mmm. Say, okay, mmm. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. Hello? Not from yourselves. It is the, the gift of God, not by works. So that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. He's, he's got a lot of work to do on me. Don't you? I'm telling you. When you think about if you would think right now, I am God's workmanship, you're like, man, he's got, it's like in, how many of you seen Elf, the movie Elf? If you've never seen that, quit everything you're doing today and go watch it. And, and, and you know where Buddy the Elf, he thinks he's an elf, Will Ferrell? Okay, and so the other elves say, hey, he's really dropping the ball. He's only made two Etch-a-Sketches, and he's supposed to make like 185 today. Can you pick up the slack? And so they have to take more elves and put over in Buddy's area to help him, but they don't tell him. That's what, I, that's what God thinks about me. He's got more. I, look, we need more work on Jason over here. Don't tell him. Don't, don't tell him. <laughs> We've we got a lot of work to do over in this area. And so um, we're God's workmanship. Well, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We glow with purpose. We already talked about that two weeks ago. It says it right there. But we're a work in progress, right? And so go back to the point in, in verse 8. A house of grace, a church such as we are, the hope of the world, I believe, should always be more concerned with God's will than what we want. My mom taught me this lesson years ago. She said, Jason, you should tell yourself no at least once a day. See, that's weird. So I was like, she'd say, you want spinach? I'd say no. <laughs> And she'd be like, that's not what I meant. You can tell a lot about a person when you tell them no. You can tell a ton about a person when you tell them no. Especially adults. Right? Especially adults. Because all, I mean, you know, most of us think we're always right. Right? You just agree. 
We, we have to continue to be more concerned with God's will. And let me, let me tell you what that is. That is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now that takes, that takes different avenues. That may mean starting a ministry over here. That may mean helping marriages. That may mean um, walking around your neighborhood and praying over your neighborhood. That may mean pulling over at some point if you, if you see a distressed person, if it's safe. Um, that, how, however that fleshes out. But the where it starts is loving the Lord your God with everything that you have. House of Grace. I'm telling you. And these are real too. They're not dead yet. Can you turn down the lights? Punch him. Yeah, actually all you have to do is push every switch down. There you go, buddy. Awesome. See that? Isn't it kind of like, I don't know, for me it's kind of soothing. Right? Good memories. Yeah, like, sweet. See, I'm not so sure that when the world thinks about the church, this image would come into play. But shouldn't it? Man, me and my cousin would catch these things and we'd put them right on the end table. And I told you my grandfather lived half his, over half his life without electricity and he didn't believe in using it unless you had to have it. And we'd put these things on the end table because that place was scary. It was dark. And I would, I'd you know, wake up and I'd look over and I'd remember where I was. I remember my cousin was with me. And it just kind of gave this, everything's going to be okay. You're seven or eight years old. Every, everything's going to be okay. Talking about kindness, mercy, grace. A house of grace. That, that place where I know I can go and no one's going to judge me. I know I'm going to hear the truth. And that truth may judge me, but no one, no one around me is, is, is going to judge me. That place I can go where I can, I can tangibly feel God's Spirit because people have been praying. I can tangibly feel God's love because people are actually full of God's love. A house of grace. A house of grace that lights up. Not, not super bright. Not like the spotlight. Not blinding. This isn't blinding, is it? This is really cool. And I think, I think if I could speak to our church, this body of Christ, I would say with everything in my heart, we have to continue to be a house of grace. Not trading in our truths, not trading in our values, never. Wait, the way that we do that is we stay in the Word. 
But man, oh man, how many more people would come to know Jesus if more of you would smile? And not just on Sunday. I'm not talking about the Sunday smile. How you doing? Good? Yeah, good, good, good. Got a grip and grin, so I call it. And you all do it, most of you. But I'm talking about throughout the week, in the workplace. This whole idea of being so thankful for God's love and His mercy over our lives that we, we, we shine that. We shine it to the world. And, and, and the prayer is, is that this house of worship and the one that we're going to build or whatever God does in the future is, is always glowing. Safe, warm, loving, glowing. Like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Good? That, that, I just unpacked my heart to you today. And so, you know, that, that's who I long for us to continue to be. Would you bow your head all this place? You know what? Maybe you're here today. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you heard me talk about we've all been there. And then... I reference the fact that we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. So there's not one person in this room who's ever given their life to Christ who is better than you are right now. They're only better in eternity's eyes because the Bible says that when you believe in your heart, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, and whoever believes in Him should not perish. So salvation is a belief issue. If you're here today and say, Jason, I've never believed. I've been struggling with this. I've been thinking about it. I've wrestled with it. But I've never actually put my faith in the fact that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross, that Jesus Christ was placed in the grave, that Jesus Christ rose from that grave, And He's in heaven today and He's coming back for me one day. I've never actually believed that. Because salvation is a belief issue. Oh man, think about this. On Father's Day, think about the love of a father. And maybe that word father brings up bad memories for you. But we have a father that loved us so much, He sent His only Son to die for us so that one day we could be with Him for eternity. What a father. So if you're here today, you say, Jason, I've never done that, but I want to do that today. I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never believed, but I want to do that. All heads are bowed all over this place. Would you slip your hand up real quick and put it back down? I want to pray with you. I see your hand. Thank you. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need a change in my life. I need a fresh start. Anyone else? I need to know anyone else all over this place. Don't let any, anything stop you from making that decision if you haven't made it. We're all saved by grace. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. That's what grace is about. And that's how it saves us. Anyone else? I need to know Jesus today as my personal Savior. 
right there where you're sitting, if you raised your hand, just, just pray this prayer with me before we're dismissed. And when, when you leave today, would you please go by the tent, get a Bible, get a devotion. It'll help you. Just pray this with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy and your kindness that we've talked about today. And right now, right where I'm sitting, I'm confessing in my heart and I'm believing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one true Son of God. I'm believing and confessing in my heart He was born of a virgin, that He lived a sinless life. I'm believing and confessing in my heart that He took all of my sin to the cross. He was crucified for me. They placed Him in a grave and He rose from that grave on the third day. I'm believing, confessing with all of my heart, I believe that He rose from that grave on the third day and that He's in heaven today praying for me and He's coming back for me one day. Now God, the void that's been in my life because I haven't known You, and I, I, I pray You'd fill that with Your love and Your grace and Your mercy. And at this very moment, at this very, very moment, I thank You for forgiving me. And I know that your word says I'm being made into a new creation. And I praise you for that. Put people around me that can help me in my journey. Lord, as I go out to that tent and get a Bible and a devotion, Lord, I pray that you would help me to, to do that devotion this week every day and, and come back next week and go from there. Thank you, God, for your loving kindness that is shown in Christ Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.